Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Laricchia, and this is episode number 212 of the podcast. It's the 29th of January, 2020, as I record this intro. And this week, I have a great conversation with mom and daughter duo, Nisa and Jewel Deves. Our conversation has been on the horizon for months, and I'm thrilled that we finally managed to connect. It was so much fun to speak with them together and hear some beautiful stories as we worked our way through 10 questions about their unschooling lives. As a personal update, it's been a reasonably routine week, which is nice. I've made solid progress on a couple of projects that I'm excited to talk about soon. And daylight is definitely lasting a little bit longer. Noticing that this week brought a smile to my face. I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patron, Deanna. Hi, Deanna. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support not only lets me know that you enjoy the show and want it to continue, it allows me to spend time creating episodes each week and to keep the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. Last weekend, I hosted the monthly video chat with patrons at that level, and it was so lovely to connect with some of you and just chat about what's up in our lives right now which, of course, is always through the lens of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's dive into my conversation with Nisa and Jewel. Welcome. I'm Pam Larick here from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Nisa and Jewel Deves. Hi guys. Hi. I am so happy that you both agreed to come on the podcast together to talk about your unschooling experiences. This is going to be a lot of fun, I'm sure. So to get us started, can you share with us a bit about your family? Well, um, Let's see. I don't know how far to go down this rabbit hole. Um, well, we live in Louisiana. We actually moved, used to live in New Orleans, but when Jewel was um, born, we decided to, to buy a house. And we, when we started looking, we ended up moving to the North Shore, which is across the big Lake Pontchartrain. So we're on the other side of the city. And we found uh, this little three acres of woods uh, uh, very near us, a wonderful state park and a lot of natural trails and stuff. And so we built a little built our little house out here in the middle of those little woods. Oh, that's awesome. So there's you and the, and Jewel. Jewel's your only only child, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. the only daughter. And I married late. I married because uh, I was a traveling around and, you know, I was just kind of a free spirit. And um, I came An to New Orleans. <laughs> I came to New Orleans um, at one point, because I had a married couple friend that lived there, and I wanted to see that I'd never been there, and came and just fell in love with the city. And we, you know, there's so much mm-hmm. architecture and history, and the food is amazing. And I'm a big foodie, and um, just all of it, the music. And so I decided to live here. And then I met her dad, and, he, and I ended up staying. <laughs> and then um, we ended up then going through five years of infertility because I was an older older mom, and mm-hmm. I actually gave birth to her at age 44. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad that worked out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So from there, after her birth, how was it that you um, came across and found unschooling, Nisa? And what did your kind of move into unschooling look like? Well, um, you know, when I started look, when you know, of course, I was so excited to be pregnant, and I was reading. I'm a big reader, so I was reading everything, and um, I came across um, uh, peaceful parenting and mindful parenting, attachment parenting, and I'm like, that just felt right to me, and so I knew I wanted to to do that, and um, and so that's what we did, and then at some point, 
um, I, I, this, I was looking, we needed some more money in our family because I wasn't where I still hadn't gone back to work. I didn't really want to go back to work because I, I wanted to stay home with her as long yeah. as I could. And then I found this, uh, there was a job offer for an assistant uh, to a director of a Montessori school and being her assistant teacher too. And, so, and they, and I had talked, interviewed, talked to them. And my thing was that if Jewel could come with me mm-hmm. and it was, uh, so we, we did. And I thought, well, this is going to be great because that's the closest thing to like attack. It would be really compatible with the, you know, how my philosophy of the, that far. And we got there and then it just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't. Jewel was, yeah. um, she was always kind of ahead of, of, she was, she, she walked early. She had her first tooth early. She was very, had a lot of words very early. My pediatrician was just shocked. He said, this is not average. And then, so when we got to the school, she was very bored in the class because it was three-year-olds and it was, mm-hmm. they were still, you know, they were just where they were. And it was a lot of more potty training, a lot of more speaking. And here she was speaking full complicated sentences, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so they try their, their way of dealing with that was to put her up a, up a grade, up a level. And then it was just not, she was, she was mm-hmm. socially, emotionally, she's still three. So mm-hmm. it just wasn't a good fit. Mm-hmm. And you know. I even have like one very vague memory of sitting in a circle of kids, like in that older class and like looking up and being like, oh my God, they're all so much older than me, older than me. And like, as a little kid, you know, like my idea was like, oh, they're like teenagers. Like, like they're just so much <laughs> taller and so much bigger than you. And you're like, what's happening? <laughs> Where am I? And I, and you know, my, my feeling was I loved my part of the job, but my mm-hmm. whole, if she wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. She clearly wasn't happy. And so I, I, you know, talked that over with Kevin and he's like, well, what are we going to do? And, I, and we just didn't know right then. But luckily and weirdly, there was a, um, I was looking in the paper and there happened to be a um, at the parenting center in the little town next to us. They were having a homeschool seminar and I didn't know anything about homeschooling, but they were saying that they were going to have different parents that represented different you know, theories of homeschooling and stuff. They're talking about it. And so I'm like, I'm going to go check that out. And um, so I listened to all of them. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a reader. So when they talk about, um, I can't remember what, Charlotte Mason or something. I can't remember now, but anyway, it was all literary. And I'm like, Ooh, and that was like for me. And, but then it, uh, the last mom that spoke was an unschooling mom. And she had, and just listening to her, I was just like, fell in this trance. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is it. You know? And, she st- I still have this, um, one of the handouts she gave was um, John Kabat-Zinn's The 12 Steps of Mindful Parenting. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so unschooly. You know, when, you, when I read those things, I'm like, and I'm like, I just knew that this was going to be what, what would help her, what's going to make her happy, you know, mm-hmm. and that uh, I really didn't know. Um, so anyway, of course, I found, being the researcher I already am, I found um, Sandra Dodd, I found you, I found Joyce Federoff, I found Ann Omen, all back on Yahoo, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> so that's kind of how it, it, and I just died, I just, I dove in. Oh, that is amazing. I love, I love the connections, right? Because I find when you're just open to looking for things, you noticed that, right? When, because Montessori wasn't working, you noticed that homeschooling seminar over there, right? Mm-hmm. That's really cool, the way that worked yeah. out. So and what ended up, did I you end up leaving? Pardon me? Monta- did you end up leaving the Montessori school? Yeah, I resigned and we, yeah, right, right then. <laughs> and I had found out even at that homeschool seminar how to, you know, fi- how to do that legally here. And so I went right home and filed to homeschool here. And it's really easy to do that in this state. And it's, you just, you know, it's an online form now and the letter of intent, it's just, you know, you don't give any names or ages or grades or styles or anything. You just say, you know, Mm -hmm. that's it. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great little piece for people to know too (laughs) of the, yeah. When they're looking for various places that are more homeschooling friendly, like ours, I'm in Ontario in Canada and, and it's just a letter of intent. Although I believe it's just name and age. And then Uh you send that in each year is, is what the the guidelines ask for. So yeah, other than that, it's been a, it's a great, a great place to be comfortable. 
unschooling, right? Yeah, now, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So now you sent in your paperwork, right? Your your letter of intent, your unschooling now. So I was wondering over those first, you know, maybe two, three years, as you were getting more and more familiar, you were diving into, I remember diving into the Yahoo groups and, and reading people's questions and the answers that were going through and trying to sort through all that. What was one of the more or any of the more challenging aspects that you came across um, as you were going through that time? Uh, she was three around then, and I really didn't do anything different than what we were doing. I mean, I'm a big reader. I, I, I read to her, like, constantly, mm-hmm. and she's a very active kid. She's always likes to create, be building, be doing something. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. basically, I would read, and she would be running around building, doing something. And mm-hmm. I, and then on the at the other end of that, I would be just – reading all about the stuff on the unschooling groups and learning and, Mm -hmm. and just, you know, wrapping my head around that. And I really didn't have any challenges as much until she became of school age. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then from, from other parents, you know, you'd start feeling like, Mm -hmm. and, and you start getting pushback from relatives and, you know, it's like, you know, she need to be learning something, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's when the challenges kicked in for me. But, and it's, then it wasn't, it wasn't too much because I'm just mm-hmm. always been a rebel anyway. And I'm like, I believed in what we were doing and it was for our family. Mm-hmm. And I even had a discussion one time with my mother-in-law where I, I just said, you know, something like, you know, you, you, you parented my husband and I know you did the good, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you did a good job and you did what you believed in. Now you have mm-hmm. to trust him and us that we may, that we're yeah. going to do our choices for our daughter. And, you know, she, I think that was when she got it and she kind of backed off, you know, mm-hmm. but I yeah. was lucky on my other side, both of my two sisters who, who live in North Carolina um, were both teachers themselves. And they were, uh, especially my younger one that were, well, my younger one is mm-hmm. was much more experimental in her classrooms, and she really got that whole side of learning naturally, and and so she would even set up her classrooms in like I can't remember the word, but like centers where they could move from place to place, yeah. and it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't as as schooly. So she she really got it. Um, but anyway, but yeah. <laughs> But and and then I think my other challenges came more from not so much all the academic schooly stuff, but I, we were, I really radical unschooling call to me. And so it was not going to be just around, you know, the typical school stuff or learning. It was going to be everything. It was sleep. It was what she ate. It was all the controlling things, mm-hmm. you know? So um, those were more challenging to me because I'm, I'm kind of controlling, you know? And, and, you know, as a parent, you know, you know, like if they're eating so much sugar or, you know, all that stuff would be things that, that would, you know, make me say, am I doing the right thing? You know? Well, yeah, exactly. The things that, what I was saying before is that um, it was really interesting how that, and not surprising how it came up when she hit school age, right? Because then I'll be not just parenting you know, the way, and people just kind of, oh, she's parenting, or maybe she's parenting differently, because attachment parenting, at, at least it's it's known as a, as a style, even right. if mm-hmm. not a lot of people choose it conventionally, but, you know, it's just, oh, she's parenting. But yeah, once you hit school age, then that's when the expectations start to kick in, right, about, mm-hmm. about being more controlling, because now, you know, now they should be learning. They should be learning these yeah. things. And, and that's. And too, like park days even changed because we were at a homeschool groups mm-hmm. and the, the park days, remember that that on the playground that day, that, that kid was, that some of the kids would start challenging other ones like multiplication tables and things like that. Do you remember that? Yeah. Kind of vaguely. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is a, you know. Yeah. So anyway, we, we, that's when I, that's around the time where, you know, I started the Louisiana unschoolers because I figured if there were other people like us that were new or that wanted to, to be, hang around unschoolers with that different kind of mindset, um, that if I'd create something, then if they were looking, they would find us, Mm -hmm. you know, 
And so yeah, that, that, that was around the same time. Started on yeah. Yahoo and then eventually to Facebook group. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And and that that's one of the reasons I started the conference and ran a conference locally for a few years because yeah, I didn't know. I knew they existed in, you know, Ontario, but I didn't know anybody like close to us face to face. So like like you said they're starting something, you know, people other people will eventually discover it and come and then you can connect with with other people who are choosing that same kind of lifestyle where at least where, you know, um, when you're having conversations, you're not going to get that, that quizzing piece, right? Uh, You're starting um, from the same uh, foundation, I guess, you know, parenting wise. I mean, everybody's families are different and and kids are going to have different interests. Parents, the parents are going to have different interests and stuff, but at least Mm -hmm. it's just so relaxing when you know you know you're starting at that level right where you're not worried about people approaching or quizzing your kids negatively you know chances are they're going to get a nice reception if they talk to another adult in the area exactly yeah and it was in some of those pictures you'll see the um the pictures of groups of people on the beach that was in the state park that was our park days oh wow yeah that's great yeah, and for anybody listening, the pictures are um, on the website on the transcript page. So just follow the transcript link to see those as well. Um, so let's talk a little bit older now. And um, the idea of the importance of actively supporting our kids as they pursue their interests. That's something when people come to unschooling they'll hear a lot of talk about, right? Because that's something that we're doing different instead of following a curriculum. So I just was hoping you guys could talk about what that looked like for you guys over the years and what kinds of support, what kinds of things you guys found worked better or best for you. Well, I I, I, I kind of started, I mean, yeah. I looked at it like, I was going to be a student of Jewel and pay attention to, you know, Mm -hmm. what things lit her up, you know, what things got her excited and what things made her happy and, Mm -hmm. and then, or what things I thought might. And then, and I would bring resources and I would bring stacks of books and And just leave them. And going back to something that you said, when we were talking about the questions, you were reading something about Egypt to me. And that was you, a Nancy Drew book. Yeah, it was a Nancy Drew book. And I love Nancy Drew books. I, I still do. I love mysteries. Uh-huh. Um, and she could see that, like, my face lit up. And then she was like, oh, we're going to explore this. And, like, got me other things on Egypt. And I've loved that forever and forever and forever. And even my necklace today is a little scarab hmm. beetle. <laughs> but I gave her for her graduation yeah. right now. And it also, it's a June bug, but we found out that it's also, what, how was it? It, it was, a, it's part of the um, scarab family. So it all went back to Egypt. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. And then when we were in Italy, well, that's all another loop. Yeah, we met loop. We met a, a, a Russian family who were uh, wanting to homeschool. You mm-hmm. know, they had, they were living in Italy and you're, we sent them one, we brought them one of your books that you had signed. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> But anyway, yes, yes, I do remember that. that? (laughs) Yeah. And so we we were in Rome and went to the Egyptian museum that's in the Vatican. Mm -hmm. She knew everything. She was telling people everything about it. Because I just started talking to her about it because like I I was 13 at the time. And, you know, that's a very like weird angsty time. And I was like, all this, all this old religious art, Uh, you know, like I I didn't have like the perspective that I have now as, you know, 20 years old and really enjoying history. But we got to the Egypt room and I was just like, this is it. This is, this is my room. And I started just talking her ear off about things. And I noticed other tourists like starting to gather around and being like, what is she talking about? They were like, are you you a tour guide? (laughs) No, I just, I just like Egypt. (laughs) <laughs> oh that's amazing and she's she's very creative um she, she's had a lot of different interests and I've mm-hmm. just I've just been the resource provider you know like if it's she had a whole thing I was telling you about the sculpty clay modeling stuff mm-hmm. and I would just 
supply her with all the sculpting she wanted and the different colors and the tools and the, and she would just, she would just go to town and that's, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, but I also had had some things that I did bring in that I thought maybe would interest her, but they maybe didn't. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, that, that didn't work. So never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> you know? And then sometimes she would come back later, like, like yeah. and, and say, Oh, this is really cool. And I'm thinking, hmm, yeah, I, yeah, I brought this up a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just been, it's been a lot of fun, but it's mainly because I think um, you have to be very proactive and you have to be really into it. I think, cause I, you can't, I mean, like I said, I've just really loved being an unschooling parent. I love finding things that, and then seeing, you know, is this going to be something that she's going to enjoy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and going places, you know, being part of whole, having starting that unschooling group, that meant I also started arranging all kinds of field trips and um, museums and, and, you know, musicals and shows yeah. and, you know, whatever came up that sounded fun. Mm-hmm. We did unschooling campouts, you know, two times a year down at that park and mm-hmm. just everything. We just were always doing something interesting and fun, right? Yeah. And there's even like a direct line of you listening to my interests and like now me doing what I love to do, doing hair. Like, cause I can, I can think back to being, you know, 12 and saying, Oh, Hey mom, I found this really cool thing. It's called cosplaying and then wanting to learn how to sew and then sewing turned into going to NOCA when I was 14 and which working, is, which is tell the what NOCA New is. Orleans, um, the New Orleans center for creative arts. Um, it's like a conservatory high school. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing, but they have a program where you can go to just that. So they have an academic part mm-hmm. half day. And then the half day is all your art discipline. So yeah. it's separate. So they have, um, 12 different ones. So I was in theater design, but they have dance and jazz and classical instrumental culinary. Yeah. Culinary, um, all kinds of arts. Yeah, media, media arts, visual arts, um, musical theater, drama. And so being in theater design, we worked with the um, the drama department and the musical theater department and the dance department and the, um, what was the last one? Uh, vocal music. So it was like operas. Yeah. And so we did all the costumes and the hair and the sets and the lighting for all of those. And they got to go to uh, all the Sanger theater productions, which is amazing. That was, that was really And that good. also ties in because ever since she was little, you know, we always had music, kid music in the car mm-hmm. playing or around the house. And the ones that she would want to hear over and over again were always the musicals, Annie mm-hmm. and, and Oliver and especially Oliver, all, especially Oliver. We played that thing like <laughs> all the time. She just loved the musical. She could mm-hmm. sing them all the word for word. Still can. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's just interesting back and see that those... all circled back. Yeah. No, that's it. Like when you look back, that's the thing is, is um it's important isn't it not to kind of judge the interests as they come up right to be open to them and like like you said she was very receptive right right jewel and supportive of whatever it was because you don't know where that's going to go right mm-hmm. and until later when you can look back and you know start to yeah. see the thread that weaves through it but and that's so cool, but that's not something you can know in the moment when, when they're taking that next little step and you're going, what? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I would love to hear more, Jewel, about what you've been up to. And I was curious to ask, um, did you end up just doing the theater design or did you do the academic thread as well? Or how did that work out? I just did the theater design. So like I, I didn't really want to dip my toe into that part of high school. I was like, I don't, I don't want to deal with the tests. I don't want to deal with all that. Yeah. And um, I had a couple friends who were in the um, academic program who also had come from being unschooled. Mm-hmm. So um, hearing, hearing their experience of it, like one of my friends, she's, she's really brainy. She, she got into Tulane on a full scholarship. Like she's amazing. And so she loved it. 
But the other one, you know, not that she's not smart, not what I'm saying, but like it didn't click with her as much. It was stressful. She hated it, but her, you know, she was kind of pushed into doing it. Um, well, we don't know all that. Yeah. eh, Yeah. Yeah. But you know, and I was like, I'm I'm glad I didn't do that because It just seems like it. Uh, you don't want to put headache. yourself in a yeah. stress. She knew she didn't want to put herself in that kind of stressful environment. And yeah, and, and no, the other, the other. The, I'll, I'll just say, like, but I imagine as you were describing all that theater design and all that tech work and all that costuming and all that for all those shows. I mean, I'm sure that was super stressful too. So, but in yeah. a different way, it was stress you were choosing and enjoying. So I think that's a super important distinction. It's exactly. not at all a negative thing to choose not to put yourself into stress that you are interested in because that helps you discover where that stress helps you thrive versus exactly. weighing you down, right? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and also, even mm-hmm. in the arts discipline, the teachers, they... They, you still learned a lot of, you ended up learning a lot of history, oh, yeah. but it was related to her interest, you know, mm-hmm. that she was interested mm-hmm. in. Yeah. So. And, and like going back to the academic studio program, cause I, I chose not to do that. I, I got a little flack for that from some of the kids. Cause they were like, oh, you're still, you know, doing this. And it's like, why didn't you join the academic studio program? Um, And then, like, they would have, like, inside jokes, and they'd be like, oh, you wouldn't get it. You're not an academic studio. And I'm like, it's terrible. I don't care. (laughs) Okay, cool. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, I thought that was brilliant. She had, that was the first time, Mm -hmm. that was the first time she had been in a setting where Mm -hmm. She was in a school setting, you know, with all these other kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, you know, dr- creative people in general can t- sometimes be a little more dramatic. And uh, oh, yeah. So it was, she, she, le- she grew mm-hmm. a lot there and learned how to deal with all that. I mean, it was, yeah. I, I would. A lot just, of butting heads, but. But she amazingly, I mean, it was amazing how resilient she was mm-hmm. with all of that. And she ended up being like on a graduating class. She was the voted the top senior. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> Got a little scholarship money. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So what are you doing now, Jewel? You want to just let us give us like a little update? I know you've got had some recent happenings. Yeah, I just graduated cosmetology school probably about three weeks ago. Yay, so that's still pretty fresh. Um, that was a, a interesting experience going through that. It's it's a little bit of a, like a like a hectic environment because they're all like private schools, so um, you know they're all individually run in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I think I think I liked it so much because it's so hands on. You're not just like sitting there and, you know, here's a textbook. Like we had a textbook, but we only had like theory classes for like an hour and a half, like on two different days. And it wasn't anything that was like boring necessarily. Um, But all the other times it would be like, okay, who wants to learn how to cut a triangular layered bob? (laughs) And so we'd have many classes on that and stuff. And it would always be like, you're up, you're doing something, you're actively participating in learning. You're not just like sitting there in a lecture hall. So I, I enjoyed that part of it. And she's, so she's, there's two fold, two parts to getting your license with that. Mm-hmm. There's a, a written part and then a practical part. And a practical. Part. So you do the written while you're still in school. And so the written is based off all the theory stuff you take. So like, it can be anything from like, um, you know, questions like, what do you do if a client comes in with, you know, toenail fungus and like kind of, kind of gross stuff like that. And it's like, <laughs> but it was a long cast. Lots yeah. It's, it's like a, that. it's 110 questions. But she had wow. to go up to Baton Rouge to take that. Yeah. And then she passed. Yeah. And now she's just waiting to be notified. I did a little dance when I got my paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, eh, <laughs> so now she'll be notified when, when they set her up for the, do the practical. Mm-hmm. 
And she already knows where she's going to get her job. Um, she's found one of the top yes. salons here. Um, we we go to anyway, and they mm-hmm. know her, and they're like, yeah. yes, come on. And so yeah. she just has to fill out the paperwork, I think. And they mm-hmm. have a really good two-year program. And- yeah, and so now I'm just, like, trying to put it into existence. I'm like, I will get that job. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that you've already connected, right, with uh, a place that you you enjoy. I guess you've been going there for, for a while then, right? And you've connected with the people yeah. and they know you and you've already got, you it's, know. It's a very next- large, it's a large salon and they're building mm-hmm. a new uh, building. Uh, it's going to be 5,000 square feet. Wow. I know. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have some good and space. And also, I don't know if you wanted to mention that in between while she was in NOCA, uh, in the summers, um, for two summers? One summer. One summer with Carrie? Mm, oh, you were two. talking about with Carrie. I was thinking the two-lane thing. Oh, well, so there's a couple of things that happened during those teenage years that I think is kind of interesting was that um, there's a, a really uh, award-winning makeup artist from out in, is it L.A.? Yeah, L.A that was held classes around um on makeup and like stage makeup and no theater no like no film 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 Filmmaker. special effects all different <laughs> she mm-hmm. she's won awards for um what what are the shows um, um american horror story nip tuck sons of anarchy are the ones i can think of right now yeah. so mm-hmm. she would hold these classes and jewel um i, I saw them and i'm like mm-hmm. ooh, yeah. and so asked you and she's like yes I want to do that and yeah. so we we connected and with them even though she didn't have you were like one of the youngest people at the time I, huh? I was the youngest person in the class it and um I first went in so she has like a, a more basic class and it's called like um it, it was color box boot camp yeah. and so there's boot camp one and two and usually she has people take those before they take any of the extra ones but one of the like extra ones is what we saw first and it was the special effects class. And so I remember um, when she was talking to my mom, she was like, are you sure she's like, she's there? Like she, she won't be like left behind in this class. And then um, I got there and I was doing things and I was like, this is the first time I've ever used this. And she was like, what? <laughs> because she did it. She was doing so well. Yeah. She was, yeah, yeah she, she's been she she's so been surprised. continually a very supportive and impressed with Jules' abilities with all that. Yeah. So she did that two summers with Carrie, and she's got a she's still got that connection too. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. she's told her time and time if you ever decide you want to yeah. to to be you know in this industry, come on, I'll take you under my wing. You mm-hmm. know. So that's all. There's another possibility. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's it. That's lovely. And and I love that you mentioned. You know, Nisa, you you happened to see that she was holding a workshop, and then look at all that trickle that came from it. Because you don't know. And I think that's I, my impression for you, too, Nisa. But that's one of the fun things about being an unschooling parent, right? Is just kind of scanning the environment for things mm-hmm. online and locally for things that we exactly. think might catch their interest. Like that is so valuable to do. I think sometimes um, when, when people use terms like child led learning and stuff, it can leave the impression that we're waiting for the kids to just find their interest and, or ask for things to do. Right. right. And of course, when they do ask, we're there to help them do that too. But mm-hmm. I, I like the team um, viewpoint or perspective a lot more. I think that just helps us all bring things to the table. And like you said, maybe sometimes they don't want to do it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And we were just talking last night about the, you know, just that transition as she got older and older, like yeah. at Anoka was a big turning point yeah. because mm-hmm. at that point I, I began to see she, you know, I think mm-hmm. my job at the beginning too was her watching that all, how that, how that happened and, and learning how to do more of that for herself. Mm-hmm. 
as she got older, she would start finding her own resources and I was finding less mm-hmm. and she was finding more. Mm-hmm. And, and that, so as she's just become like, like we both are just like, yeah. we know we're like learning machines. <laughs> you know, we're always going to be interested and curious and yeah. wanting to know more about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Researching my own stuff, getting my own books from the library. Like I would come home with like armfuls of books from the school library and she'd be like, where, where did you get all those? And I'm like, school library. And more and more They're often. They're all costume books. And more and more often she would say something, be telling me something mm-hmm. about something. I go, where did you, where did you learn that? Yeah. That's really interesting. <laughs> well, and we were talking uh, just before the call about how conversations can go because this connection and that connection and this connection. And to me, like that is, that is the joy of, of living almost, right? How we end up, this is not something that stops once they're no longer kids or no longer school age. Like this is how humans enjoy exploring the world, right? It is so true. I I mean, and I I just, I mean, just to say something Mm -hmm. real quick. I mean, my husband's, I shouldn't say that. Like I've, I've known some older people that really just sit there like wait like they feel seem like they're just waiting to die they've just kind of stopped or just waiting to retire stopped engaging stopped learning like Mm -hmm. they don't know what to do with themselves Mm -hmm. and I'm like I can't imagine ever feeling like that Mm -hmm. you know I I don't know I just can't imagine it yeah yeah I've seen that too and it's and that's the such a fun thing because when they start doing more of it, like I have seen that totally with my kids too, then they also start bringing more to us too. Like if they come across something that they think we think will be interesting, they just naturally share it with us too. Like back and forth, like I'll get links from any of my kids, you know, oh, check out this, check out this video. This is happening. Mm -hmm. You know, this play is happening here. It's just like we were saying, it's just, just a way of life, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was I was just gonna talk on going into cosmetology school, and it's it's a it's a wide range of ages. So, like, I wasn't you know in class with like all people my age. Like, yeah. my class went from um like there was me and another girl who were nineteen when we started, another girl who was twenty five, and then like. 30, 32, and then the oldest person in our class was in her 50s. And so, like, it's a wide range of, you know, ages and perspectives. Um, And something I found interesting was it was like the older people had stopped learning, even though we were in an environment to learn. Like, I would get called a know-it-all by the older people. I'd be Jugal. Like, That's what they called her. Yeah, they Jugal. called me Jugal. If they needed to know anything, like, they Jewel would ask and Jewel. Google. <laughs> yeah. And because I would always be like, that's the, that's the hyponychium. <laughs> like in class. Um, and stuff. And so they'd be like, Jewel, stop answering all the questions. But then when I stopped, no one else would try and answer. And I'm like, I'm giving y'all ample opportunity. <laughs> so that that was just something I noticed, like going into that school yeah. environment. It's just like, why why have you all stopped? Like we're all here to learn. No, I mean, and I I remember in school for myself not wanting like I got to a point at a young age where I didn't want to answer the questions. Because I was scared of being wrong because that would be embarrassing. And then especially, you know, with, with younger kids, then there was the teasing and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I quickly, that's something that I learned and I rejuvenated by watching my kids that, Oh, they didn't have, cause I didn't try to embarrass them when they were wrong. Like I saw how, being wrong per se, or the thing not working, um, was just as valuable, if not more so, because then they kept going to figure it out, to actually figure out how it worked and everything. And that was a huge light bulb moment for me when I was de-schooling, because like for me, I just wanted to know, like when I was in school, just tell me the right answer so that I can memorize it and use it for the test. 
right? That was the way I learned to deal with that system. So to get, to move through that, to find that curiosity again, and to be excited and to be willing to just try things and not worry about being wrong or people seeing that happening, like I came to embrace that. But yeah, that's that's a, a really cool story, Jewel, about how you just saw that in action. Because I bet most of those guys went through school, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a great look at those years. I had the next question I had was um, about your favorite thing unschooling during the teen years. So I was just wondering if there was anything else you wanted to add about that time? Um, I don't know. There, there's a lot of things that were really like amazing during those years. I think going to Italy was probably one of the most amazing things. Um, looking back on it, you know, like I said, I wish I could appreciate it more because I was that like, you know, you're, you're 13. You're like very angsty and self-absorbed and, you know, you can't appreciate stuff as much. And now I'm like, oh, can, can I just go back there and like, maybe we will. will. Maybe we will. <laughs> yeah. Your mom's and then you also got your driver's <laughs> license. Yeah. Driver's license. Yeah. Getting my driver's license was a nice bit of freedom. You know, I think, I think it was, that was one of the things that was difficult for you to let go in yeah, kind of. Cause you know, it was like, oh my God, my only baby is going off on her own. And, and so like and it was the, the route to go from our house into the city where the school was. Oh yeah. It was on, it was a forty five minute drive on the interstate with a bunch of crazy drivers yeah. and into the city, which you know, it But it, I did it. I yeah. got through it. I would say yeah. just 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 text me when you get there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel you. I feel you. I, I know all those emojis. <laughs> a lot of emojis. <laughs> but she was she was like ripping to go though really ripping for that independence and you know and I was happy for it I just wanted her to make sure she Mm -hmm. she you know she had practice comfortable driving yeah but she got a lot of practice uh, when we drove to North Carolina to visit my family because she ended up driving through a lot of fog and driving Mm -hmm. on the way back she drove like 40 miles through Atlanta with the heaviest rainstorm Mm -hmm. you've ever seen so that gave me confidence too in her (laughs) well yeah the experience in all the different Mm -hmm. uh I guess environments but yeah going on a few grocery runs and having that independence like I'm getting groceries by myself yeah that's why how we kind of started that like okay you can you can drive by yourself yeah. to the grocery store which is about what six miles away or something yeah it's not very far 10 so, minutes so that was how it kind of started like mm-hmm. these little little treks out alone <laughs> yeah no I remember Mike started driving to the karate dojo and I was like hey now what do I do <laughs> my evenings <laughs> but yeah no it's and then then he started working again it was like 45 minutes away and it was like the four big highways to get into the city because he was working right downtown and yeah no that but that is just something you have conversations through right exactly. like that's the thing with unschooling is that I mean it all sounds and is wonderful right but it doesn't mean that it's easy and it doesn't right. mean that nothing ever goes wrong or that people aren't scared and nervous and, you know, stressed and all those kinds of things. But it means the relationship where we're working through that and we're supported, supportive of each other as we're trying to accomplish the things that we want to accomplish. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's amazed me in, in that, that, you know, for instance, just facing things that she's afraid of, just like, the way mm-hmm. she just will go ahead and do it anyway, like go right through it. Like for instance, like at the school, remember when there was something that, that, that they had to do with the lighting where it was really high up? Oh, it was a follow spot work, really? which is a manual spotlight to follow the actors around it's, the stage. It's really high up. Yeah. It was, I want to say like 35 feet above the audience. And so you go up the stairs and climb up a ladder and you're sitting there 
and you're on this, you know, little catwalk, it's it's safe. I mean, we had rails and everything. They wouldn't have let us go up there if it wasn't safe. But everybody but else had still a fear of heights. Looking down onto the audience and it's like, wow, that's a big drop. And <laughs> I was scared of heights probably from how how long? Since I was five? Mm-hmm, something like that. Yeah, we went on a camping trip to the mountains, made me afraid of heights, but <laughs> But she did it, and and, mm-hmm. and the other kids uh, that had fear of heights, she yeah. wouldn't do it, right? Yeah, no, so. I just I just went up there, and I was like, okay, I'm fine with this now. So. And so then I was the person getting on all of the ladders and stuff, and getting stuff, because, you know, some of our sets were 15, 20 feet tall, because we had a, a huge stage to work with. And so I would sometimes be the one getting up on the ladder and like screwing something in or whatever. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) It is fun how much you discover about yourself too. Like I know, you know, Mike had that same fear of heights and then now, you know, he's getting yanked up on wires and dropped and doing falls and all that kind of stuff. But it, so it's, it's, it's a process to work through though. Right. Because it's something that you're choosing and you're like, I want to try this and do this. Okay, so talking about um, those years, what has surprised you most about how unschooling has unfolded in your lives? Each of you, what has surprised you most about choosing unschooling? Oh, you knew. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's... I mean, I was three when we started. It's all so she's known, really. I've, yeah. I've never really had that outside experience until I went to high school and, like, viewed nonsense. other people, like, who who had been in school all their lives and was like, whoa, I'm really glad my mom decided to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, you know, I think um, the surprising thing, if I had to say a surprising thing, it's really how... It just, I had no idea that for me, it would almost turn out to be some kind of almost like a spiritual practice, you know, tying it back into the mindfulness and yep. just, um, I, and learn and, 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 uh, learning not to be so controlling as a person. Cause I'm, mm. I'm just somebody who likes things in order and neat and, and, uh, you know, and I've, I like to, you know, I see things the way I wanted to go and all that. And so I'm, it's, it was a big, that was my big change, mm-hmm. I think, is, is learning how to let go uh, of all that and trust that everything is going to be okay without me. I don't need to do that, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. That leads so nicely into that next question, too, because I think this might have been part of that transition. And it was for me. Have you found or how have you found your definition of success changing along, you know, uh, this unschooling journey? Because like for me, my definite definition of success changed as I was releasing my control of trying to get to a place, right? To that place that I thought was right or successful. So I'd be curious to hear how you found, did you find your definition of success changing over the years? Well, I don't know that that mine changed that much because um, I've always, even as a teenager, uh, in my little hippie days, I was always not all about a money society, and I always didn't believe that that's what it took to to have. So I've always been like, it's more about finding your finding what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, enough money to have pay your bills and your food and your shelter and all that stuff. And, and, and if more comes in, that's great. But the main thing, the main motivator is like, be happy, enjoy what, what you're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. That's how I've always kind of felt. Tell you always felt. How, how you're, do you even think in terms of kind of a definition of success, Jewel? Is that something that comes to mind for you or? Um, I don't really think so. Just, I don't know. I've always kind of like, you know, fluidly moved through my interests. And so, I don't know. I think success is just like, if I'm happy, I'm successful. Yeah. Like, And finding, yeah. a, finding a way yeah. to make some money doing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah she's also mm-hmm. really super, super, probably her, I think maybe even bigger than the cosmetology, her big, big, passion is uh free motion quilting don't you think 
maybe not the the free motion part, but quilting, quilting in general. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I love quilting, and that's something that I like. Kind of completely taught myself how to do, because I, you know, for a, for a while, like you know, knowing how to sew and everything, I was like, how do how do they how do they do that? How do they like sandwich all the layers of a quilt together? How do they do that? And so I just started like researching it and researching it, and I was like. Oh, that's how they do that. And then I tried it. I just went to my machine and I was like, okay, cool. Tried that. Really bad at first. Didn't know how to put my feed dogs down on my machine. So my machine was trying to like take the fabric away from me. Um, you know, and then it just slowly got like, you know, I got more into it. And now I have like, you know, stacks and stacks of quilting fabric and Lots like quilt, quilt tops mm-hmm. folded up in my room and stuff. And we have a, a, an unschooling friend online that actually saw me posting about Jewel loving to sew and do all the quilting and stuff. And she actually sent us when mm-hmm. she was going through her 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 was it her grandmother's yeah I think so stuff later. She came across uh, apparently her grandmother had been a quilter and she had boxes and boxes yeah, a quilter and a garment sewer mm-hmm. and she had so much stuff. We got six like huge boxes in the mail. So her, so her stash <laughs> grew mightily. Yeah, I think there's one of the photos that we um, oh, that we true. put in is me like holding a handful of zippers, and I'm like <laughs> zippers because <laughs> there was just a box and it was like half zippers. I never have to buy another zipper again. <laughs> and she just has like bookshelf full of fabrics, mm-hmm. just full. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. She's made, and she's made quilts for both of her grandmothers for me. I'm, I'm working on one for my dad right now. Uh-huh. Wow. So, that's that. so fun. I know. That's the thing, too. There, there are just so many interests, really. Yeah. You know? I, love that, that. I love that. She, there's, like, not a lot of young people quilting, so I, I love that she's – There's no one in our area. I tried to on. find quilting groups, and <laughs> it's, like, you know, all of these, like, 80, 90-year-old women, and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah maybe you'll start a thing yeah <laughs> what I loved Jewel was when you know when I was asking you about definition of success and it's not something you really think about because that is something like a term a word a concept that kind of mm-hmm. loses as you get into unschooling it kind of loses its meaning right because mm-hmm. you're in the moment like we all are, even as parents, we become in the moment and following our interests and the the happiness and the joy and the fun in the moment becomes the important thing. Like it literally becomes success. Exactly. You know what I mean? Versus the conventional definition of, of trying to shoot for some particular thing. So I yeah. think that was awesome. Like that's not kind of a conversation that I have with my kids like we don't talk in terms of success they have things they want to accomplish and things that they're interested in doing like whether it's you know Mike's doing stunt stuff but he's also loving music and you know with Joseph we're exploring so many different like we VR is a big thing right now here like for all of us you know we pick that up and we have so many conversations it's not just about playing a game we have so many conversations you know, from, from to design and implications and just, just amazing. Mm-hmm. Like the connections you can make from anything are exactly. spectacular and nobody's got just kind of one little thing. Like, not that that's bad or anything, but you're just embracing. Your life so much more richer though, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All the things. Cause there mm-hmm. are so many things. Yeah. And I love like that word richer. <laughs> sorry yeah. uh, and from the like traditional point point of view of success I remember being in high school and having my teachers be like oh don't you want to go to real college mm-hmm. like like they were they kept trying to convince me in my junior and senior years to like mm-hmm. pick an art school and pick a major and go to college and it's like don't you want to be successful and I'm like that's yeah. not my my view of success yeah you know 
doing this like like sure if if you want to go to college and that's your cup of tea then you know awesome more power to you but my cup of tea was going to a trade school and you know doing that so I was like I'm not gonna have like a traditional path Mm -hmm. yeah no that's a great point that's a great point so uh something else I wanted to touch on so as you know Jewel is now a young adult and has you know gotten through gone through her cosmetology and you're kind of in that next phase of life as a family Mm -hmm. um and I just find it, it's just as exciting as all the other phases, you know, because there's so many possibilities, right? (laughs) Absolutely. I was just wanting to hear a little bit about um, some of the fun things about how you're going to be weaving your lives together now in this new stage. Well, we, we never know because, you know, mm-hmm. you never know what kind of things are going to happen or, yeah. or anything like that. But so we have a lot of different ideas and possibilities like you're talking mm-hmm. about. But um, one of the things that we, we do know right now is that we are doing a major decluttering of the house. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. a, when we build our house, we build a second floor, um, the same height high ceilings of the same size of the house that we would later go on and do a second floor that never happened. So it's just become a storage place for all of our resources and things. And uh, over the years, 20 years of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So we plan, Will and I want to, we're planning, we've already started decluttering Mm -hmm. up there and bringing stuff out and getting rid of it and um, turning it into an art studio for the two of us. Because mm-hmm. I want to, I, I want to continue. I used to one of the things I did um, that she, another job I had in, had that she could come with me was I was a uh, after school art teacher and a summer art camp mm-hmm. art teacher in our little town. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that's what I'd actually gone to school for, you know, a year, hundred years ago, no, fifty maybe. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I wanted to start an art practice back. I've been really wanting to do that for quite yeah. some time, and I don't really have the space. So, um, Mm -hmm. I will do that. She can move all of her sewing stuff and all her whatever up there, her dress form, all the stuff that we've got crowded into our bedrooms now. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one thing. And then another idea for me is that I have long been wanting to go traveling again. And so Mm -hmm. for the last two years, actually in anticipating that possibility, I had, um, been joining Facebook groups for all these, uh, expats that are living in Mm -hmm. various cities that I'm interested in, in Mexico um, and a couple of other places in South America, but mostly all these historical uh, colonial cities in Mexico and making um, Facebook friends with expats living there. So I can start making connections and learning more and reading more and trying to learn Mm -hmm. Spanish. And um, somebody the other day said, I I was telling them, uh, I was like, you know, I don't know about ever if that will be, something that happens eventually but boy mm-hmm. am I having a lot fun learning about all of it and meeting all these new people and hearing yeah. all these stories and I am just loving it but but an idea could be that because rents are so high and we have mm-hmm. Jewel has a friend talking about she's working three jobs to pay the rent when she's moved yeah. out of the house two two jobs yeah two two jobs but anyway it's, it's a struggle yeah. and so one of the ideas is just a possibility that's out there is that we could mm-hmm. go, my, my husband and I could go to Mexico for part of the year and Jewel could live here and, and rent with her, her boyfriend could live here. She could mm-hmm. rent with a, a roommate or something and then have her studio. So yeah. that would be a less a financial burden for her. And it would serve, you know, mm-hmm. serve two purposes kind of thing. And also like the, you know, talking about growing older in, you know, still having a life with your, with your parents. That's something that I'm noticing. All my friends are like, oh, my God, I want to move out so bad. Oh, my God, I want to get away from my parents. I want to leave. I want to move states away, you know, because they just don't have that relationship with their parents. Like, I'm I'm good friends with a lot of people who, you know, weren't homeschooled or unschooled. My best friend and my boyfriend and a lot of people in my life weren't. Yeah. Um. And so like my boyfriend's mom straight up kicked him out because she's very traditional. She's like, you're, you're 22, get out of my house kind of thing. 
And um, so, you know, seeing that and I'm just like, I'm, I'm chill living with my mom. Like, like <laughs> she's my best friend. Like we have great conversations and we can live together and we don't like, you know, go at each other's throats all the time. And it's like, you know, it's, it's not like you're my parent, you're my friend. Cause a lot of people, you know, like the traditional parenting, it's like, I'm not your friend. You will listen to me. You're under my roof and my rules and you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> I can even see a difference with her friends that will visit. Mm-hmm. Um, the friend, you can tell, well, I don't know. Yeah. You can tell the ones that have a good yeah. relationship with older people or their parents. Yeah. Sometimes they'll like, get, they will actually engage with me and sit yeah. down and have a political conversation or whatever, you know, a good, mm-hmm. a good conversation about something. And the other ones act like, you know, like I'm some, I'm yeah. like, like it, they're, like they're scared. Like they're, they're like, scared. They're like, oh, like we, we don't, don't really engage. Move. Yeah, it's, it's kind of yeah. interesting. But uh, yeah. Yeah, no. I, I have to stay as long as you want. <laughs> you can stay forever. <laughs> we'll have Nick I mean, again. I've, I've told my kids that too, and I'm really enjoying this stage. Like now, um, we just have so many projects together. Like you were saying, like all the possibilities. And even how to weave your lives together. I mean, same here. We've got, you know, with the projects outside, we have a few acres too. And inside even, our rooms are becoming different things now, right? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what's happened. I have like so many paint samples over there. We're going to paint the house. Oh my goodness. (laughs) There's a giant bookcase over there she just inherited from her grandmother. She wanted to refinish. So she's been watching all these refinishing uh, (laughs) YouTube tutorials. And they're so funny because it's like, it's like always someone's like, you know, uncle almost. And they're just like really dryly talking about it. <laughs> and she's watching it the whole way through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's just so fun how now some of the projects, often the projects become stuff that we're doing together. Right. Versus, versus, you know, us supporting them and them helping us. But now we're coming to find more common things that we want to accomplish together. Like what we just have so many, so many things. And, you know, we have a bit of forest on our property and building trails and, you know, opening up spaces and we're just having so much fun doing walking trails on your own property. There's nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so nice. Yeah. Remember when you made that one and you made me like a little stage with oh, like Yeah. At one point early yeah. when she was real little in our woods, I made this path that went out to this this like a little a little so I put some cement blocks around it and mm-hmm. the way the tree it made it look like a little cave kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it was kinda cool. And so she made me a little stage and I would put on a little show. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So our last question, it's one I, I love uh, asking more experienced unschoolers who've been at this for many years and with older kids, what now looking back has been the most valuable outcome? So not surprising. Now, what do you think looking back has been the most valuable outcome from choosing unschooling as you see it now? I think it's just instilling that love of learning, that um, mm-hmm. curiosity, and knowing that if there's anything you you want to know, you can you you can you can do it. You can learn it easily. Mm-hmm. You you have that power. It's it and and it just becomes so ingrained in you, you know. And that, that there's no separation um, from from learning than life. And it's just always yeah. opportunities there. You know, there's always opportunities there to learn more about something that you want to know. Yeah, I love that. I love that because it's like you said, it's just a way of of living now, right? It's it's lifelong yeah. learning. It's not you know. So often you hear kids in school, you know, and they want to graduate, and I don't want to have to learn anymore. You know what I mean? They because they assume reading is like that too. You hear people say, "Oh, I'm oh never going to read another book," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I had friends who were proud of the fact that they hadn't read a book in like three years. And I'm like, why? Why are you proud of that? Books are great. Read a fiction book. Like, go on an adventure. 
Right? I mean, it's such a profoundly different outlook on living, isn't it? That that you end up with. Yeah. So I can I can see why you would choose that as one of the most valuable things because because that is yeah, you can be really comfortable knowing, you know, your kids moving forward, right? Can just engage with the world however it is. You know, it's not like you need it to look this way because that's all they grew up knowing, right? And that that's how they know how to do things. They're open and, and also figure it out. And also just that, that, that different kind of connection that it, that it instills in you to have, with, mm-hmm. with, you know, that you, I, you don't see as much with traditionally schooled kids, you know, I think that's yeah. really different. And, you know, I, love mm-hmm. that. I like love actually that. having a good relationship with your kids and being able to talk to them about anything. Cause I feel like I could bring up anything to you yeah. and we can, you know, have a decent conversation about it and it's not, you know, don't you learn about this or like, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. Don't you go against my beliefs? Right. Yeah. That's, that's such a big thing that I think so helpful, right. Is to, is to really get to that point early on where you understand that your child is their own person, right. That you're not trying to instill beliefs. And it doesn't mean that's, I think something that's so that can be really hard is it doesn't mean giving up your beliefs or the things um, that, your your viewpoint, your perspective, your whatever. Like it doesn't mean giving them up just to be okay with your child having different ones, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, guys, for taking the time to speak with me. It was so much fun. I'm glad we finally did it. It was fun. <laughs> and you know, we can talk forever about there's, oh, absolutely. there's so many <laughs> many things you know to 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 that that didn't come up that that have been such a part of uh, mm-hmm. the whole experience has been wonderful yeah no but i want to really say why well, i have the chance to thank you and 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 other people who came before mm-hmm. us that put themselves out there to help show the way like you and sandra dodd and um joyce and ann omen i love her um you know it's just been really invaluable because especially since there weren't a lot of uh, any mm-hmm. unschoolers around us, especially, um, yeah. to have that, the, you guys as examples and to hear, hear, you know, read your words and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, just really uh, cemented more, you know, the feelings of how, what I felt about it. So oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, for me too, I didn't know any unschooling families locally. You know what? I didn't even know uh, that homeschooling was legal. Like when my, my, my eldest went to school. So that discovery and then being able to connect with people online was just amazing. It brought that whole new set of possibilities out that I didn't even know were there. So it is is wonderful. And and you know, it, it also from starting that group and as that has gone on, I, and having my, I guess my name or my number must be on the internet somewhere because I get calls. Oh, yeah. I get calls from people in school uh-huh. wanting to help me to help them find a way out. And in the last couple of years, I'd actually gotten calls from actual teenagers mm-hmm. who were in the school system and very unhappy. And you know, mm-hmm. and so that's been a very interesting thing, you know, to kind of try to help them talk mm-hmm. to the parents about you know, other possibilities for them. So, Oh, I imagine. Thank you so much for, for doing that too. That's wonderful. And if anybody would like to connect with you guys, where's the best place for them to reach out? Well, um, we're both on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I have, um, like a professional Instagram that's public. So that one's going to be at artistry by jewel. There's no like special characters in there or anything. Mm-hmm. And that's um, where I post like all of my hair and makeup stuff. Awesome. And, mine is, and mine is at plant joy seeds. Cause oh. that was kind of a personal mantra for me. <laughs> oh, sweet. That's awesome. Thanks so much guys. And thanks Thank again you. for chatting with me. Have a wonderful day. Okay. You thanks too. Pam. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the wonderful archive of earlier podcast episodes. The conversations never go out of date. 
And you can find more information about my books, my Patreon community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit at my website, livingjoyfully.ca. Have a great day.